0: Hello, and welcome to Mental Money. Mental Money is a podcast that believes that money is less about the physical or what's in your wallet and more about the mental. What's your mindset when it comes to your money? How do you interact with your money? What's your heart behind how you use money? All of those elements, because ultimately, at the end of the day, you can make a really, really good income and be broke and unfulfilled in your finances. So what can you expect from mental money? Well, the first thing you can expect is we're going to bring on a new guest, every single episode that airs and that means you get a new perspective, a new way of looking at maybe an older concept you never thought of to help us all win in our finances. And that's ultimately the goal with the mental money podcast. It's just to help us look at money differently, help us, navigate all of our finances better and just learn from each other so if this interests you keep listening because the next episode starts now
1: my name is george gonzalez and i'm actually a published author of a book called answer the call that's about finding your gifts your talents your life's purpose i'm also a public speaker an inventor of a batting machine that's uh, for baseball and softball called the Batting Pro. And I'm also a real estate agent. I've uh, been a real estate agent now for uh, since 2015. I got into the business because I, I worked work an accident that uh, removed me from a 20-year career in distribution logistics and warehouse management.
0: What really got you inspired to start on this journey?
1: Well, I, I've always felt like I was being called to something much bigger than, than my understanding. And I was just being obedient to what was coming through uh, my journey. Uh, every time I had some kind of an obstacle, it pushed me to a different direction. Uh, like I mentioned, the accident to becoming an inventor, mm-hmm. and then uh, also got me into real estate. And now I'm a real estate agent. And in 2021, I actually published my book, uh, Answer the Call. And that was... Uh, a little scary because we were dealing with the pandemic and I was like what do you mean it's time to write a book like, this almost <laughs> doesn't make any sense you know but just being obedient and uh, there's some some lessons and some stories in my book that are really uh, powerful and intimate to me and I, I had to make sure to share them with the world because that's always been like a dream of mine just sharing the stories that really meant something to me
0: that's really cool how long did it take you to write your book?
1: You know, surprisingly, it, it only took me about three to six months, you That's know, w- w- when I was actually, I, I was shocked because I, I guess I always I always knew what stories that I wanted to talk about and wanted, I wanted to share because it really, like I said, important to me. And when I was writing my book, they gave me an option. Do you want to speak it or do you want to write it? And I was like, wait a minute, what do you mean speak it? Is that like, yeah, do you want to write the book and we just edit it, or do you want to speak the book? I'm like, well, I think if I speak it, I, I think my personality would come out more if I speak it. So I went that route. And then when they gave me the the first transcript from the first chapter, I was just blown away. I was like, wait a minute, I really did say that. You know, it really sounds like I'm actually speaking it. You wow. know, so that's why it was actually that quick.
0: I guess we let's dive into your book a little bit like well, why, don't, why don't we just start the inspiration for it and then like what's it all about?
1: The, the first chapter of my book is uh, my family, my grandfather specifically coming from Mexico under uh, a program that the United States and Mexico actually created it was it was called the Bracero Program. This is back when World War II when the Americans were fighting in the war uh, Mexico and the United States agreed that the United States needed some labor force and that's how they came. When I first heard about that story, it, it just humbled me to such a point where I knew that I had to create something and make, to make my grandfather proud of his sacrifice, that his sacrifice was not in vain. So that's the foundation of my motivation is exactly that.
0: So you talked about an invention. Can you, uh, well, what, what did you invent again?
1: I actually invented a, a batting machine for baseball and softball. Okay. How does that work? And th- the way that actually came out is that I was actually unemployed after the 2008 crash. And uh, my daughter asked me, Daddy, I want to play softball. I was like, okay. So I signed her up. And my daughter was like really small, really tiny. And she didn't get picked. Her and 10 other little girls that never played before. And when I saw the look in her eyes, like it really broke my heart because she really wanted to play. Uh, So I convinced one of the parents to be the coach, and I was their assistant coach. And out of the frustration of her being brand new to playing softball, this one day in the morning, I woke up like at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I had like this image in my mind of this machine. And I sketched it out, And I went back to sleep and I woke up in the morning and the sketch was right there. I'm like, wait a minute, that wasn't a dream. That actually was true. This has really happened. And uh, that prototype that I created for my daughter, my daughter became a five-time all-star, one-year rookie of the year and one-year MVP because of that batting machine that I created for her. And then she transitioned from slow pitch to fast pitch in high school. So she was in freshman year, she was a JV. And her sophomore year, she was a JV because of that batting machine that we created.
0: Hmm, that's so cool. And has it has it had like a big impact past just your
1: daughter? Unfortunately, it hasn't because uh, I was gonna launch it right before uh, Trump took office, and I don't know if you remember this, but we went into this tariff war with aluminum and steel with China. I'm not sure if you remember that. And if I would have launched it at that time, I would have went completely bankrupt. So I say, like, you know what? I'm just gonna wait a little bit while, see what the dust settles, see what what uh, what they settle on as far as the the tariffs and stuff like that. Right. And but that never took place. And then uh, after actually when Trump was in office still, then we went into the pandemic. So everything was shut down. So for the last, uh, what is it, four, five, six, or seven years, we were dealing with that. And right when I decided to, okay, well, the pandemic is kind of getting behind us whatnot now? But that's when the idea of the book came, and as I, it's time for you to write the book. And I was like, "What do you mean?" So I moved those resources to write the book, and now the book is actually the foundation, because I taught on the book. I actually talk about the the, uh, the batting machine. I talk about the story of getting my daughter into softball. I talk about my grandfather. I talk about my real estate career. So basically, the book is actually the foundation of all the projects that I'm actually working on right now. And uh, but as far as the batting machine itself, uh, I do have a link in my, my social media platforms where you can actually order one and it's built on demand for now. Okay.
0: Well, well is it out there and you started yeah. Like, yeah, you know, and it, that's I mean, that's with most inventors. Like I guarantee there's multiple inventions sitting in the garage, not doing anything. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So so <laughs> my my, my plan was is at least make it available where people can definitely look at it, click on it, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And for me being on podcast, and since I wrote the book, I've been getting so much, you know, following exposure on my social media platforms. Then now that I'm on podcast, I'm actually talking about it, that I do have it available in my social media platforms because people do want it, mm-hmm. you know? So, and now it's, it's the time to put it up on the market because it, it changed my daughter's life in such a way I mean, just imagine this, it it increased her self-esteem and her confidence to such a great level. And I want to be able to transform that and give that over to the next kids as well. So they become better, better, uh, better people, better students, better, just better overall individuals, you know, because that's what it did to my daughter, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. I often, often find that when, when kids are involved with any sports whatsoever, yeah especially the ones that um maybe are just needed to be given that extra like um boost up mm-hmm. whether it be in technology or whether it be in just like a little bit of extra coaching those often do the do the best, not only in sports but also in in their in their life. So yeah. I know sports can create a lot of great disciplines in people. So that's really really cool.
1: So and, and and I also believe that it opens up your creativity because my daughter was also at the same time she was an honorable student and she was a member of her ASB at her at her elementary school, you know, junior high school. Mm-hmm. And she just graduated from Long Beach University with the business marketing degree because of that. So overall, it really it raised her up in such a way, and she just plateaued on it. You know, she just kept going on it. Yeah, you
0: know? hmm. that's really cool. Walk us through the premise of of the book, past like the inspiration for it. What's the overall premise of it?
1: The overall premise is that I talk about a lot about the journey. I talk about struggles and each one of us is going to uh going to face those along your 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 lifetime. And and I wanted to pe- I wanted people to know that even though life is hard, you know, there's nothing that actually crosses your path that can stop you unless you choose to. You know, is it gonna hurt? Yes, of course. Is that gonna be hard? Of course it's going to be. But you're more tougher than we think. Because that's what I realized, you know, I, some of these things, when you read my book, you're like, a lot of these things could have taken me out, but, but it didn't Mm -hmm. because I was not only was, did my faith also come into play too, because I I, I have a lot of faith and I've always believed that I was here for such a big purpose. And what I didn't realize that when I wrote the book, that's when my purpose actually exposed itself. My purpose is to share the stories that are in my book, motivate, and inspire the next generation, and anybody that's looking to find themselves and reinvent themselves. Because Answer the Call is about finding your gifts, your talents, and pursuing your life purpose. That's what Answer the Call means. So had I not gone through that journey, that book never would have came together. You know. So that's what, that's what I want to share with, with people
0: showcasing through stories which is it's wise like like stories really bring really move people to action for sure and that's a that's a smart way to go about it so it's basically just to inspire and showcase hey failures are going to come but unless you actually stop so I actually let's let's take this a little different way differently so what do you believe a failure is
1: a failure is only a failure if you give up right now I've been close to giving up many, many, many times. And what I believe because my faith is so strong, the next morning I wake up with this like jolt of energy. And it's almost like my like like God, my creator, telling me, no, we're not giving up here. We got a lot of work to do. You mm-hmm. know, so every time it feels like, you know what, I can't go on anymore. All of a sudden, yes, you can, and you get yourself out of there. And all of a sudden, you forget that you were going to give up. You know, giving up is not trying any anymore. But the fact that you keep moving forward, whether it's just a small little foot forward or an inch forward, it's progression. And that progression also makes you proud. It's like, I guess I'm not giving up then because I'm still willing to move forward. You know, but failure is only if you stop completely. And that's something that I'm not. I'm not a quitter. I've never given up on anything, you know, my plan has changed, but mm-hmm. the the plan changing is not quitting. It's just the plan changed. Yeah. You know, so.
0: Yeah. Like you can, you can change paths or, or mm-hmm. change things, but as long as the big picture still keeps the big picture, then that's, that's what's important, right? That's what, mm-hmm. that's what stops failure from
1: actually stopping you in your tracks. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you also bring your previous experiences forward to the next thing. Hmm. Therefore, you're not quitting. You just grabbing what you learned, you put it into the next, the next, the next chapter, the next phase of the next part of your journey. That's not quitting. That's progressing. But sometimes we don't see it that way. We confuse it. Oh, I gave up on that thing. No, you didn't, because you brought that experience forward. It's like when I when I got hurt and I hurt my back. I was in distribution logistics for 20 years in, in, in management. I couldn't do that job anymore because of my back injury. So I transitioned into real estate. Now, mm-hmm. when I became a real estate agent, I also brought I brought forward my previous experience from my childhood because as four when I was 14, I was doing kitchen and bathrooms and rehabs and flips for my dad and my uncle. So I brought that experience forward like 20 years later. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. everything is like we're, we're gathering experiences and knowledge and wisdom, and we don't even know when we're going to use the next, but we're just accumulating all these things. And that's the, the progression.
2: Hmm.
0: So since this is a financial podcast, what, what are some of your beliefs about, about finances and money?
1: Well, financial literacy is a top as oxygen sometimes, you know, Uh, investing for the future. Uh, I believe in residual income. I believe in cash flow. I believe in that you shouldn't spend all your money. You should save a little bit of money and invest some money because that money that you save and you invest is what's going to save you from a very difficult situation in the future because we've seen that time and time again. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Walk us through your financial struggles to get through everything that, that you did. Did Was there financial struggles or were you just savvy yeah. enough at the beginning to kind of know what was coming?
1: Well, I had dabbled in a little bit of a lot of things. I dabbled into crypto. I dabbled into uh, home-based businesses, you know, uh, invest the money in 401ks, retirement, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I had I had properties I had some before people were talking about ADUs and granny flats I had an ADU in my property so I was getting that monthly cash flow so when I got hurt I was able to tap into some of the multiple income streams that I had now had I not had these multiple income streams I probably would have went under like really really quick mm-hmm. you know but I was able to tap into these resources for the 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 part of time that I needed to get myself out of that situation. Because uh, again, when you lose your job completely, your career, that that's what's allowed you to put these things into place. When you remove that, I mean, things go to zero quick. Yeah. That happens, you know? So I definitely would recommend people to have multiple income streams, you know? And when I say income multiple income streams, I'm not saying invest like 20, 30, $150,000. I'm saying maybe a couple hundred dollars here, maybe a thousand dollars there and have that money grow it over time
2: mm-hmm. and
1: always think, okay, if something goes South here, I always have something to tap into. And I think people get into trouble because they don't have that. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Like it, it's almost like your multiple streams of income are a form of an emergency fund. Um, exactly. I encourage I encourage people to have an emergency fund regardless how many streams of income you have but it's uh a next it it, it honestly can paint a picture for the next step right mm-hmm. It can be like your emergency fund is running dry you're not sure what's next well you've been, You've been dabbling in this the whole entire time, just making a little bit of extra money. Could you make more doing that? Could you put more energy into this? Is this where you want to be? Why why not try it? You're doing it anyways.
1: If 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 you have, like you said, if you if you have some money aside through some of these uh, investments, right, mm-hmm. uh, you can make better decisions. Yes.
2: Uh
1: If if not, it'll actually stop you from making an important decision. Because now you're scared. Well, what if I use these last five thousand dollars? I know that I need to invest to better myself, whether it's personal development or even an op- a business opportunity. Yeah. If you feel that that's the last five thousand, because you don't have nothing back there, it's like you're not going to take that risk. Hmm. When in reality, it should be a calculated risk because you are protected because you do have some things at the side. You know. Right. Uh, my daughter just graduated from Long Beach University from business marketing degree and when she went to university i gave her a thousand dollars and i go baby look i need you to invest this money and i showed her how to invest and -hmm. i go i need you to pick five different uh, companies that you feel comfortable with and so she invested into these five different you know uh, companies and that thousand dollars became three thousand dollars now for a college student that's a lot of money Mm -hmm. so she just graduated from long beach university and a business marketing degree with no debt, she tells me, "Daddy, I'm broke. I got no more money." But, daddy, but you don't have any more debt. <laughs> but I don't have no. I have no debts. It's like, baby, that's what I wanted. I I told you that this was your emergency fund. Mm-hmm. You told me that you told me that you wanted to do this on your own, which you did, right? Because the money that I gave you wasn't a gift. I mean, uh, uh I didn't lend you the money. It was something that you earned along Mm -hmm. the way because you earned that you earned everything you've done in life you earned this money so it's i didn't just give it to you now i'm telling you to invest it and use it as your as your emergency fund if you need it sure enough she needed it she didn't tell me because she said daddy i want to do this on my own when i'm done with school i want to be able to say i did this on my own of course he i i want you to say that because this is how i raised you
0: know Mm -hmm.
1: So when she told me that, Daddy, I'm broke, but I got no debt, I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy,
0: you know. That's so <laughs> cool. Did she, um, like, well, did she pay for for her school completely? Was there 50-50? Kind of what what arrangement was that?
1: Yeah, well, basically because me, me and her mom, were we got divorced. Her mom is a single, obviously, a single mom. Mm-hmm. And she was able to qualify for, for certain grants. Uh, she qualified for certain financial aid and the rest of it, she paid out of her own pocket. You know, it wasn't completely paid for her. Right. Now, now because I've educated enough about money and finances and stuff like that with financial resources. Have you ever heard of Robert Kiyosaki? Yes. Rich dad, poor dad. And have you ever heard of cashflow 101? Yes. That's the board game that Robert Kiyosaki created. So I played that board game with her for about five or six years, that board game. So I educated her financial literacy. So when I gave her the money, I told her, look, this is how you're going to, you said you didn't need my help. You didn't want my help. So I want you to give me this. That's going to be part of it. The other part of it is that I actually co-signed for her to get an apartment. And what she did is that she got two roommates to help her rent. Mm Mm-hmm. So her, her liability for rent decreased in such a way because she had that extra money for her roommates. So that's how she was able to navigate and manage herself and, and the job that she had during her last two years in University of Long Beach. And all her friends, her school friends, like they couldn't believe that she left her city by herself, got her apartment, got two roommates, working, and was able to put herself to school and with no debt. They couldn't believe that, because a lot of them graduated from like thirty thousand, fifty thousand, even eighty thousand dollars with the school debt.
0: Yeah, that's very she, common now. Very and, common. And
1: she, and she graduated none, no debt.
0: You know. She is definitely on the right path. Definitely on the right path. I, I'm I'm super proud of her. I'm super. No kidding.
1: Super proud of her. Yeah. She doesn't have a she doesn't have a car. She doesn't pay like a uh, uh, car insurance because she chose not to. She said, dad, this is not my, uh, this is not my priority. My priority is not be stressed, get done Mm -hmm. with school and get back into get a big girl job. I'm like, you got no argument for me there. You know? So, (laughs) so she Ubered around, she, she, she was around with the bus and, and some of her friends that, uh, that she had around because she was also part of like these university groups, Mm -hmm. they respected her and appreciated her because she was an, always in leadership type roles and with those groups, you know, that whenever they had to go to an event, they would always take her with them because they wanted her to tap into her, her way of thinking. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they were using her as a resource to information and knowledge, and they were just giving her a lift to wherever they needed to go.
2: Hmm.
0: No, that's so cool. So where is she, what, what's her next plan, I guess, what's her next step?
1: Right now she she got a job at a huge marketing firm near LA. Right. And her thing is to see if she can get hired on into a a project that will be there for several years. Hmm. If not, you know, get uh look for a, a, a different area to go into as far as work. Um, but she wants to stay in the uh in the marketing business entertainment field in LA hmm. is what she wants to do. So, but she, she's 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 shining where she's at you right know, because she's so creative because the youth of today is so creative you know and uh you get them educated oh my god they're dangerous <laughs> you know but but that's oh, that's yeah. her that, that's her move is, is to stay in that industry because she loves marketing she's very creative very very creative yeah
0: so for for giving advice to say someone who's just starting out a, a young young person what advice would you give them
1: The first thing that I would tell them is network, because networking is going to open doors for you that nothing else can. Uh, Once you get in a a job, invest, maximize your 401k. Uh, I also tell my daughter to get a life insurance, a whole life insurance, that you can actually put money into it and kind of create your own bank. So when you do decide to buy a car, buy a house, you can borrow your own money from your own insurance and pay yourself money back. And then I also tell people to put all your assets in a trust to protect it. Don't leave it uh, in your own name because it becomes a liability. So these are the things that I talk about when I'm on stage because I also do, I also go to college universities and talk to the next generation. And I talk about, because this is what they want to talk about. They want to talk about financial literacy. They want to talk about real estate, investing, where should they put the money at and stuff like that. And these are the things that are very important that I that I like to talk about.
0: You talk about many different things on, and it depends on the platform or whatever, but what's your main, what's your main pitch, I guess, when you're talking to, talking to people?
1: My my main thing is to share the message of answer the call. You know, uh, answer the call, like I said, is, is about finding, uh, tapping into your gifts, your talents and following your life's purpose. That, that is the main thing. Hmm. Uh, Because if we do that, we find fulfillment and there's nothing going to pay us more than something that we love to do. Because it's going to become fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the creativity would just be just mind-blowing when, when it's something that you love to do. Uh, thinking about Apple with uh, Steve Jobs, thinking about uh, Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and whatnot. These people are very extremely successful because they're doing something that they love. you know. And, and that's what I tell people. Uh, tap into your gifts, your talents, and definitely pursue your life purpose because that's where you'll find the most fulfillment and the most success.
0: Yeah, I agree with that and on, honestly when when you do that you could be making a wide range of incomes and be content at whatever income you're at because you're you're in your you're in your zone.
1: Yeah. And, and you're doing the,
0: something you like to do.
1: Yeah, and, and you you tap into infinite intelligence when you're there in that mm-hmm. zone. And that's what a lot of people uh don't know because they don't do it and the 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 young generation don't know because they're too new to understand that. But once they understand that and they, they get into that zone, then they want to stay in that zone because now they they now they know what they're capable of doing when you're in that zone.
0: So what advice would you give someone who is on the brain on like who is very, very close to giving
1: up? I would say is that look for people that you admire uh in industries that you respect maybe even the industry that you're in or an industry that you want to get into and read their stories read their biographies and understand those individuals and then you'll know that they also wanted to give up too had they gave up we would never have had the products or services that we are able to uh utilize today and some of these services and products are actually life changing some of this have taken us leap forwards. Imagine not having the iPhone. but having, Imagine not having social media, not having the internet, not having these glasses that we're both wearing now, these headsets. You know, So I know this word might seem like a very harsh word, but let's not be selfish and give up knowingly that we have so many lives that we can impact hmm. by continuing to pursue life forward.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it cuz I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in in looking at the big picture and looking at the impact of what you're doing versus the income of what you're creating, right? Cuz mm-hmm. you can you can make a lot of income and impact very few people and be miserable yourself, right? Or you can look at what's the best place for me to make the biggest impact at and then income really comes second income yeah. is, Oh, a matter of like, okay, like I'm the bills are paid. I'm have investments on the side. Like I'm good. Right. And then often, I mean, oftentimes money follows, but, mm-hmm. but um, if you focus on the impact and focus on how many people can be positively impact by doing what I'm doing, that just sets you up for success
1: the impact comes when you come up with the solution to a problem. So when you do that, the money is going to come because you're helping so many people. Now, if you're not greedy and you, whatever product or service you create or, or you, you invent and you bring it at a reasonable price, you can reach the masses. Now, if you put it to a price that only the rich people can, I mean, there's not that many rich people. There's more uh, lower class people than there is higher class people. So one of my uncles is heavily invested in real estate and he told me I have to take care of the poor people because there's more of them. So if I provide housing for them and make affordable rents for them, they're going to feed me. If I try to uh, create housing for the rich, where those t- people typically are not renters; they're owners. Yeah. So my service has to be with the people that are less fortunate because if I provide a reasonable housing for them, they're going to keep feeding me. I I, I help them, and then in return, they're going to feed me. Makes sense, you know. So yeah. that's kind of how I I've lived my life, you know, ever since I've heard the that story of my uncle when he said that. Hmm. Unsolicited advice as a friend, right? Just right. a friend. Yep. And so if I can help people make money, make more money and not be broke and not be poor, guess what? There's going to be less people trying to break into my house, right? Because I'm helping them be, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I, I'm helping them create their own so they don't have to come after mine. Hmm. And, and that's not really the reason why I'm doing it, but that's just a default. But
0: they, yeah, Yeah. I got gotcha.
1: you. Uh, and, and when I tell people that, I'm like, you know what? I've never really thought about it that way. It's like, yeah, you help people and you show them and you make them. It's like the whole biblical thing about give a person a fish and you feed them for a day. Show yep. a person how to fish, they'll fish for a lifetime. It, it's the same thing. And but we, when you, when because you, I, I like to share stories and teach with stories. Yep. And when I say that, that's when people, when it really resonates with people and that's what they hold on to. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I like to tell people.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very true. Like you, I think we've, as a society, we've just shifted way too much on the other side where it's like dependency on, on the, the person beside you, the person Mm -hmm. above you, the person below you, dependency on everyone around you. Instead of, instead of how do we, instead of looking at your situation and seeing how can I like help them be dependent on themselves to grow their life because their life is unfulfilled if they are just piggybacking off of mine.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, look look what I did to my daughter. I I raised her to be independent on herself and never to be dependent on anybody else. Not even me, her own father and her mother. Because I didn't know how long I was going to be alive for. I mean, had I lost her at an early age, I had to make sure that she was financially literate. Mm-hmm. So if she did get access to the life insurance money that I did leave her, she would know what to do with it. And that was always my end goal with her. With, with that. Mm-hmm. Me showing her about the that board game was that. I And I told her, I go, look, baby, if something would happen to me, God forbid, and have something to your mom, you're going to get this kind of money. But what are you going to do with it? This is why we're playing this game. I need you to understand how money works, how money grows, and how money disappears. Because it does disappear. You know, and when I told her that, she understood it. And that's when she was really excited by, my daddy's going to show me how to manage money. Mm. You know, and I, and I made it fun for her. I, I, I told her, who do you want to be today? Do you want to be the teacher? Do you want to be the business person? The business, the business? Well, I want to be this person today. i was say, like, cool. Because it also came with lower salaries and different salaries. Right. So it, it, it was always fun to her to win the game. Mm-hmm. in and out of the rat race through different yep. salaries you know yep. so I, I i always wanted to make sure she understood that hmm. that's so cool obviously you
0: believe that it's important to teach your kids about financial literacy but um when do
1: you start doing that i started doing that with my daughter when she was like two to three years old oh, i very I gave young her, I, I gave her an allowance I gave her a a $2 allowance to clean her own room, you know? Mm -hmm. And I told her that uh, as she was growing up, that whenever she needed needed something uh, as a need, a necessity, that was daddy's responsibility. But whenever she wanted something as a want, it was her own money's responsibility Hmm. on her. So, and I know... (laughs) This might sound a little uh, bad sometimes, but my daddy, my 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 daughter would tell me, "Daddy, I want to buy this." Okay, what word did you use? A want. Okay, <laughs> so a want means you have to go into your money. It's not a need. But when you say that, "Daddy, I need shampoo," then that's a daddy responsibility. "Daddy, I need clothes." That's a daddy responsibility. Daddy, I want a jacket. I want this jacket. Well, that's a want, not a need. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? So I, I can, as a parent, we have to be careful that we don't buy them like name brand stuff, right? Because name brand stuff was not a need at a a at a four year old or five year old or six year old. That's not a need. That's a want.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Uh, But my daughter was. Smart enough to say, Daddy, you know what I just found here at the clearance rack? What did you find? Well, I found this cool jacket, Dad, that I'm going to need during the winter time. Okay, well, let me see it, and then she'll show it to me. I was like, Oh, that's a really nice jacket. Wait a minute, this is that the brand? I was like, yeah, that is that's the brand. I was like, okay, and that's the one you need for the winter. Like, yeah, that's the one I need. Perfect. It's got the little hood on it. Is it raincoat? Okay, cool. But she, she said, Daddy, this is the jacket that I'm going to need in wintertime. And I found it at the clearance. And by coincidence, it is a name brand. Instead of me going to a store and she says, Dad, well, I I want that one right there. Well, yeah, it's a one, but it's $100. Right. She just showed me a clearance rack for one that she's going to need in the wintertime that just happens to be a, a name brand.
0: You know, so that's the whole—that's whole part of getting
1: creative, right? You see, like, you see what I mean? Yeah, that's how—that's how creative—that's how, cre- how creative she was. Yeah, you know, because she understood the need to the want. Yes, you know, had it not been in clearance, it would have been a want, right? Unless, unless I brought it up. Yep. But the fact that she said, "Daddy, I found this that I'm going to need," and she's helping me to save money too, by the way. Right. So she's she's always she's also considering me because she doesn't want to spend her money. But she definitely wants to make sure that he gets a great deal too. Right, he has to spend his money.
0: Yeah,
1: so that's that's yeah. how I raised it to think about. It.
0: That's so cool. So what's your what's your next big big step?
1: My aggressive big step right now is to really spread the message of answer the call. Uh, I have an aggressive goal to reach a hundred million people with that message. Wow. And this is going to be through my. Uh, platforms mm-hmm. and getting uh, collaborating and partner up with uh, in podcasts and other different avenues that I can uh, partner up with and, and whatnot to be able to reach that goal. Uh, I've been doing a lot of networking and I've got people that are inviting me to events to meet, you know, people that can position me also on stages and whatnot in different platforms to really spread that message um, because it's not my message. You know, it, it was something that was whispered to me and I don't claim that to be mine. It was given to me as uh, something that I'm meant to put out there that people need to follow their gifts their talents and pursue their life's purpose. This this is it. We're all, we're all being called, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I think what you're doing with your podcast is a very honorable thing and, and I think you're going to give the platform to many people to share their stories and reach the people that they're meant to be reaching because I believe that I'm... I am meant to reach a certain amount of people, and I also believe that those people that I'm going to reach are meant to reach a certain amount of people. And right. if, as long as we all continue doing that, we can reach the the 100 million people that I just mentioned. That is mm-hmm. just not just going to be for me. It can definitely be for somebody that I reach that they reach a couple the people that they're meant to reach. And it's like the a pebble in 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 water. It is just it's the ripple effect. Yeah. And this is how we reach these people. You know, so that that's what my my goal is for the immediate future.
0: Now let's go back to strictly based on finances. What is your big what was your biggest financial uh mistake and what did you learn from it?
1: My biggest financial mistake was not uh being around smarter people sooner. And what I say by that is that uh, Putting things in a trust is super important. You know, when I bring that up now to people like are my age, they get scared when I say that. It's Like, what do you mean? What do you mean it's a liability? It's like, yeah, if it's in your name, it's a liability. Get it out of your name. And that just scares them because they understand that they've been vulnerable for so long, not realizing that everything that they've sacrificed and everything that they've earned could have been taken away, you know? Right um and definitely invest sooner than later uh for me i was blessed enough to buy my buy my first property when i was 21 my second property when i was 25 my third when i was 27 about a nineplex before the market crashed in 2008 but then the market crashed and i lost everything mm-hmm. but what you learn no one can take away right now i could have invested in a different way you know but nobody even people more uh, sophisticated than I was lost everything and some of them actually took their own life to commit suicide. Yeah. So I am I'm still here and I'm still creating and moving forward in my journey. So these are things that I talk about to anybody that I meet in my real estate career is about how to set up their 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 future
2: mm-hmm. and
1: buy if you buy a, a property to live in to uh, owner occupy property, even if you buy just one more property, that'll change your life forever. just one more property. For sure, because because the quality of life that you're gonna have the day you retire, will be so different than the life you're gonna have if you only have one property that you live in, and live off your Social Security or only your 401k, that will not be enough. We need more than that, you know. So that would that's what definitely what I would tell them. Cool. And where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on my social media platforms. I'm more active on Instagram. You can find me at at Jorge, J-O-R-G-E underscore V as in Victor underscore Gonzalez. And if you go to my bio, you can actually download a free copy of my book. And you can also find a a course that I just created for real estate agents, how to close your first 12 deals in your first 16 months right there in my bio on my social media platforms.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I really enjoyed what what you've done and what you're doing. So I
1: wish you all the best. I appreciate the opportunity and I'm really humbled to be able to be on your podcast.
0: Well, I just want to say thanks again, George, for having a conversation with me. If you've enjoyed this episode with George, I really do encourage you to check out his website, check out his socials, give him a like and a follow and download his book if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of mental money i also encourage you to follow this podcast and leave us a rating and a review it just helps us reach more people and ultimately helps more people win in their finances which is what this is all about if this is your first time stopping by we drop a new episode the first and third thursday in the month so be looking forward to that and as always keep going, keep winning. I'm cheering for you.